Welcome to the AI on Action podcast, the show where we break down the hype and highlight the practical benefits of data science, machine learning, and artificial intelligence on our everyday lives. Subscribe to the podcast, check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any Android podcast of choice. Today's guest on the show is Suzanne Little. Suzanne is an associate professor at the School of Computing in DCU and is also the funding investigator at their Insight Center of Data Analytics, where she's involved in a number of industry, national, and European projects. In today's really fascinating episode, Suzanne will tell us about her background, how she ended up coming to Ireland, exciting projects she's working on at the Insight Centre, such as Croke Park's Smart Stadium project. She'll also tell us about how she got involved with Girls Hack Ireland. And then later in the show, she'll tell us about a new undergraduate degree in data science and DCU, the importance of increasing public awareness and education of artificial intelligence, and also some of the exciting things that are happening with deep learning. You're listening to the AI in Action podcast. My name is Mark Kelly. Our guest today is Suzanne Little. So without further ado, let's get on to the show. Suzanne, very welcome to the show today. Thank you. Suzanne, please tell us a little bit about your background and how did you get into the world of data science, machine learning and AI? Uh, it was a bit of a sideways journey. Um, I went to the University of Queensland in Australia <clears throat> originally to study chemistry. Uh, and I took an introduction to computing subject because I figured it was kind of important and I didn't know very much about it. What I found was that I really enjoyed the computing and the chemistry not so much. So I ended up moving gradually over until I graduated with a degree in information technology, uh, majoring in software engineering. Uh, when I graduated, I joined a large research centre at the university um, and ended up working on the challenges of understanding um, enterprise multimedia data, images, video, audio, that type of thing. They sponsored me to do a PhD. Um, and I ended up working with outputs from scientific experiments, so back to my chemistry interests, um, and specifically on microscopy, microscopy images of hydrogen fuel cells. So could we understand the content of those to improve their, um, their performance and their, how effective they were? Um, this wasn't called data analytics, um, but that's essentially what it, what it was. Um, after that, I worked as a postdoc in a few places across Europe, um, Germany, England, before ending up at the Insight Centre for Data Analytics here at DCU, um, where I'm now lecturing and uh, program chair for the brand new undergraduate degree in data science. Tell us a little bit about some of the interesting projects that you're involved in. Well, my underlying interests are still in multimedia. So I mean, I'm still interested in the, the content-based visual data, so images and video. Uh, how can we manage, how can we understand what's going on in them? Um, or how can different sources of information kind of be put together to, to understand a problem or an environment? So this is great because it can be used for lots and lots of different areas, education, science, health, security, all sorts of things. Um, so for example, one of the major projects I'm involved in is a collaboration between DCU, uh, Intel, Microsoft, and Croke Park. So this is called the Smart Stadium Project. And we're building essentially a test bed for sensor-driven analytics for Internet of Things technologies. And we're doing things like watching the grass grow. Um, so how much uh, energy is required to maintain the pitch. We've got a camera that looks at that. Uh, we've got microphones that look at how excited the crowd gets when certain things happen on the pitch. So we, we get the, the data stream from that. It goes through Intel gateways. It goes up onto the Azure cloud platform where we do analytics on it and we use uh, video footage or other sensors to look at how best to move people around the stadium so that it's safe and protected. So that's a really great opportunity for us. We get really interesting scenarios, we get really great data sets, and it's cool. I mean, it's Croke Park. It's, it's great fun to work with. Um, I also have uh, some major EU-funded projects. So I work on two 
uh, Cloud LSVA and VDAS in the area of instrumented vehicles, so self-driving cars in a sense, looking at how we can use uh, computer vision technologies to improve the safety or improve the performance. Uh, and I have other ones in, in security applications and various things like that, so really broad. So we were talking off air, off air of how challenging it is sometimes to get the data sets. Mm -hmm. Isn't this just so exciting how you're using these test beds to get so much fantastic data and then you're working with such great partners to be able to use that, visualize that. And I had the opportunity to see you when you were doing the presentation on the different behaviors, the, how people interact, because you, people are people, you're never quite sure what they're going to do, how they're going to do, especially kids, mm -hmm. you're never kind of quite sure they could have. I'm guessing an awful lot of this could be also interesting for uh, maybe a negative behaviour or crowd behaviour if you could probably police could use some of this to kind of infiltrate and kind of warrant how a kind of a, a group of people come together as well. So it's really, really powerful and beneficial for the society in the future. Yeah, definitely. And one of the challenges has always been as academics, uh, it's really hard for us to get data. Uh, and particularly if you're looking at things like abnormal or unusual behaviour, antisocial behaviour, fortunately that's not very frequent, so we don't have lots of examples. And traditional machine learning needs lots of examples to function effectively. So it's always been great proof of concepts, really interesting demos, but how do you know that it's really going to work? And the test beds, so Croke Park's one of them, uh, Smart Dublin's another, another initiative that's doing stuff like that. The idea is that it's, it's small enough to be a manageable trial because we can, we can handle the volume of people in Croke Park, we have control of the systems, but large enough to prove to be evidence that this is functioning technology. So there's been some really good initiatives by SFI and we've got Killers Projects, Color Dojo and loads of different things going on. And I know that you involved in, in Run Girls Hack Ireland. Tell us a little bit about how you have to be kind of creative and have different ideas about kind of engaging with uh, a diverse kind of people to get involved in this because sometimes when you go to a lot of events it can be very male dominated, uh, kind of white male dominated. Tell us about some of the successes that you've had and how you went about doing that. Yeah, it's a, I think it's really important, particularly when you're talking about data analytics and AI and, it, and development design in general, that you need to have this, this representative involvement. And as you said, one of the initiatives that I was involved with here at Insight has been Girls Hack Island. Um, and that was specifically around getting young girls, so 12 to, 12 to sort of 15, uh, coming to the end of their, their secondary education, to think about STEM, so science, technology, engineering, mathematics, as a good career choice. So really importantly, we ran these events and they were things like you know, beginning programming, um, making games with the Microsoft Connect, um, how smart are your clothes, where they made you know, electronics that they could sew onto LED lights, into, into clothing, that type of thing. And we deliberately got the parents involved as well. So we ran these events for the girls, but we made sure they had their parents there as well. Because research has shown that one of the biggest um, uh, influences in their choice of degree program is still the parent or guardian. Right? So we really wanted them to see that you know, through the mentors we had at the events, through the activities we were running, that you know, technology is not and should not be only the preserve of a small, a small few. That should be really something that everyone should consider taking and doing. Um, so the, the surveys we did on that indicated that we were changing people's opinions and we're one part of a, a, a big engine or a small cog in all of the stuff that Science Foundation Ireland in particular is driving. Uh, you mentioned Coolest Projects, I've been a judge there a number of years running and it's fantastic, the, the, the quality of what the kids are producing. We're really hoping we'll start to see that as they're 
almost at the age. So Coda Dojo has been running just about long enough that we're going to start to see them coming into our technology degrees. Yes. I think that's really exciting. Yeah, and it, it really shows that when you get in at a young age, the impact that you can mm -hmm. have and you can really help with that and how purposeful you've been in terms of the surveys, getting feedback, asking the parents. I think it's really good in terms of the response that you've mm -hmm. actually got and how engagement uh, that was. So there's so much to buzz about the term AI, what it can do, what it can't do. I think just last month there was like 2,000 publications, articles out there. There's just so much information. Where do you see it going at the moment? Uh, a lot of people say there's going to be driverless cars by 2020, some say 2025, some say 2030. Um, do you see it in any particular area that is going down? Deep learning seems to be talked about an awful lot as a kind of an important uh, game changer. What's your kind of view on it? It's a tough one. Um, I think the technology is there for things like self-driving cars. So there's really impressive technology for doing it. But of course, it's it's a bigger part than just the technology of the car, right? It has to operate in, in a street where there are these unpredictable variables, people who do things that we don't think they should do or they will do. Um, so I, 2020 is probably a little too optimistic. Um, I think there are certainly opportunities in the, in the fairly near future, but they'll be in probably constrained environments. So you'll see the self-driving cars in, in logistics, so moving materials around sites or you know, nighttime runs of, of um, you know, refilling stock and that, that type of thing, um, you know, industrial landscapes. We're already seeing that type, of <clears throat> that type of thing working. I think they're even looking at them for you know, moving passengers between terminals you know, that, that type of thing where you've got a lot of control over it. We're absolutely already there for that. Longer term, I think we almost need to convince the public. Right? So there is this, this notion of um, acceptance by the general public. And that's where I think education and the outreach stuff comes back again to be really important. It doesn't necessarily matter if, if you're not a technology specialist or you're not a computer programmer, but if you have the understanding and the engagement with artificial intelligence and what it means for your daily life. I think being um, knowledgeable and, and engaged in that, I think, is a really important thing. And Ireland is trying hard to, to move that way. Yeah, because, uh, again, this, these stats change all the time. But I believe it's like 1.4 million people die on, on our roads today, literally just from just poor practices. Mm. You know, I think if you actually look at the car, maybe if it was brought about these days, it might necessarily get past past a lot of the tests because the destruction that it can do. It's only in the 1970s people got seatbelts. Yes. So it's, it really, really is um, one to think about. And maybe in 2035, 2040, you can see that we might not necessarily even own cars. Maybe just where we'll come out of a building, a car will come up yeah. or get out of us. There won't be a steering wheel. It's literally just very much kind of a, mm. a, 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 a to B kind of scenario um, as well. And I do believe that digital dexterity and kind of winning people's minds to trying these different things out. And if, if one person or two people die on the road from trying this out, it's in big media, there's so much engagement around. And obviously mm. it's very bad if someone loses their life. But when you've got so many people that are losing life because of this poor practice or poor, poorly badly drivers and people are dying like that, there's surely there should be a need to solve that and get get people behind it, do you think that deep learning is the future? Do you, do you see is there certain industries that you feel will take off 
faster and be disrupted faster by it uh, that come to mind? Mm. Um, I mean, deep learning is the word of the moment, right? So that's what everybody wants to study, everyone wants to use. It's definitely the fashionable term. It is a hugely promising branch of AI. Um, the the tools that it's produced uh, have been amazing and incredibly useful. It completely changed computer vision, just kind of my area. Um, you know, if you look at the graphs of, of performance, kind of we were trundling along, getting a little bit better and a little bit better, and then deep learning came and just dramatic increase in how good uh, we could teach systems to recognise and label objects uh, in in video and images. Um, so there are a lot of companies that are now coming out with off-the-shelf type services that can do this really accurately and really well. So they're available for companies to use. I think that's a really, really good outcome. Is it the future of AI? I think um, it's a branch, it's promising. There are, even now, I mean the latest stuff people are talking about are now capsule networks as opposed to convolutional networks. Um, and that's a, that's a shift again in, in what deep learning is being used for and that's, that's showing some really promising indications. But I think it'll continue to, to improve and people will absolutely continue to work on it. But I think um, there's probably a lot of potential in unsupervised learning. So deep learning still really needs a lot of data, a lot of examples of data. Yes. Whereas there's so much data that's being generated that we don't really know what's in there to tell a computer to look for. So this type of unsupervised system I think is where a lot of the next big advances will probably come. Um, but also in um, what they call self-explaining methods. So a lot of the criticism of deep learning is often that it does stuff and we don't know why. That's a simplification, it's not quite true. Um, but I think a lot of the AI stuff will move to being um, transparent um, and not necessarily understandable, but um, accepted by people. I think that will, will really be the, the big focuses we're seeing in the future. Yeah, and I think the, the whole ethics and decision logic and who's actually importing the data mm. and actually the information going in is a really, really big, important uh, thing that we look at because otherwise it's going to be very skewed. It's, yep. it's not going to be uh, taking consideration the wider population yep. and, and we could be bound by these algorithms yeah. and locked into them. So there's an awful lot of thought that yeah. has to be put in. Yes, they do, they do need to be continually changing as well as, as the world changes and as things change, they need to be revisited. And it's also really important not to neglect what are ridiculously being called the old-fashioned methods, so support vector machines, you know, decision trees, clustering, they are still tremendously effective. And, and for a lot of companies, that's probably all they need to solve their problem. So there is a bit of a don't jump on a bandwagon until you're sure yeah. it's what you need. You're also the program chair for, for data science, and you know, I know education is really, really important to you. Tell us a little bit about that. So it's, um, it's an undergraduate degree, so a Bachelor of Science Honours majoring in data science. It's brand new, we're going into the second year. Um, and it's unique in that um, the, the traditional thing for data science is you need to know more maths than a computer programmer and more programming than a statistician or a mathematician. And then you need the domain expertise. So the degree really is a mixture of those three things. So they, they have a very solid foundation in, in mathematics, statistics, probability, linear algebra. Um, they do programming with the computer science students, the computer application students, and then they have a number of uh, projects and modules that are specifically data science driven. Uh, the degree came about as a result of companies coming to DCU and saying, we need graduates with this skill set and we can't find them. Um, I'm, you know, even in their first year, having companies contact me saying, can we recruit from your student population? I'm like, no, they're in first year. Um, the, the lineup to take them for internships is, is out the door already. Um, so they're, they're certainly in demand as a skill set. And I think it's because 
um, they really got to have that understanding of what's happening in the artificial intelligence and the data science. A lot of people can use the tools. There are great libraries. You can plug stuff together really well, but the companies are recognising they need people with that, that foundational ability to not just imitate what other people have successfully done, but understand why it's working, how to improve it, is this relevant for this particular domain and application. So it's a really exciting degree to be part of, and I'm looking forward to seeing where these people end up. Yeah, it, it, it's such an important skill mm. to get it out there into the market, and it's fantastic to see that it's been uh, taken up and employers are so interested in actually taking people on board as yep. well. I'll make sure to put up more details on, on our website so people can find out more about Excellent. that. Where do you think the top three business use cases of deep learning will be in, in the future? Um, I think because deep learning is such a fundamental AI, technology, right? There's there's loads of applications. Computer vision for me has been the big shift, but you know, natural language processing, speech text, they've also had really big impacts. Um, I think smart spaces, like we're seeing at Croke Park, um, so that will result in things like improved consumer experiences, you know, optimising of logistics for companies, um, and that translates to stadiums, airports, shopping centres, hospitals, university campuses, collaborative workspaces. Um, you know, deep learning is going to help a lot with kind of the fundamental understanding of that level of data, the complexity of it. I guess hot topics are things like fintech, agritech, health, because they have you know the the kind of the unique situation of lots of data of different types, so visual, numerical, streaming sensors, um, big questions that are evolving over time. I think that's where deep learning is really quite handy. That's brilliant. Suzanne Little, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you for having me, Mark. I appreciate it. That's all for this episode of AI in Action. Hope you really enjoyed it. If you'd like to stay updated with all the latest podcasts, then please head over to the website aiinaction.ie and subscribe to the newsletter to get the podcast delivered straight to your inbox. Finally, I'd like to take the time to let you know about the AI Awards. We're now looking for applications from academia and industry professionals to apply. Set up in 2018, the AI Awards are a not-for-profit business, community-led initiative that was set up to celebrate the best in artificial intelligence and data science in Ireland. Our focus is to support the AI community by recognising the hard work and dedication of those working in the field of AI, data science and machine learning. We see this as a fantastic opportunity to showcase your work and skills to the AI community on the island of Ireland and also help raise the profile of Ireland as a destination for AI investment. Winning an award brings industry-wide recognition, raises your company profile and increases awareness of your brand and product. Applications take only a couple of minutes, so go ahead, apply today at www.aiawards.ie. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you again next week.